Welcome to whatever we decide to call this show. Um, it's it's been something I've been wanting to do for a while. Get guys like yourself, guys who have been a big inspiration and folk that I admire and have worked with for I don't know how many years to this wee show, so we can talk about the music and our passion for what we do. Thanks a lot for inviting me, Mal. This is this is a really good <laughs> vibe. Yeah. I have quite chuffed with us. Nice to, nice, nice to be here with Chance here. And you know, Hank, it's probably the first time we've been together where both of us have been sober. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Very true. But we'll not talk about that. Or we, or we might talk about that later. Aye. Well, listen, what, uh, there's only one way to start, and that's at the start. So, a question. How did you get into DJing? Right. Uh, what happened? Right. I was, uh, I was right into soul music. I was 16, 15, 16 years of age, and I I was just really into I loved my Luther Vandross, mm-hmm. George Benson. I loved all the funk from the 70s. Things like the Ohio Players, James Brown, Earth, Wind & Fire, really the bar case. I was really into my black music. And this I, is before disco? This oh, is, this is, the, the, yeah, this yeah. is before disco. It was soul and funk. Yep. Things like Parliament, George Clinton. Yeah. It was all that kind of P-Funk. I was really into that. And I used to go to a place called The Rooster. In Glasgow? It was one of the first disco bars. And it was in Glasford Street. Down the stairs from Trade's House is still there. Trade's House where all the... They have all the big kind of political parties and all right, that. Right. All the people turn up in posh cars and posh suits. Well, The Rooster was in the basement of Trade's House. And it was... It opened. It was it opened as a bar in the daytime. Nighttime it opened at seven. <laughs> it opened at seven Me o'clock. <laughs> it opened at seven o'clock at night. It finished at eleven o'clock at night. But the, but there was queues outside. It as soon as it opened, you went downstairs into a little dark lounge bar, and there was DJs. And I got to know there was three DJs. Some of them are still one of them, one of them still DJing just now. Gary Moore. And was this people who went? Were into them. They were gone because they knew their music. Well, the the people that went, it, it was it was basically a really trendy bar, and it was the first bar that actually played funk, soul, and disco music. And I, I got I got very friendly with Gary Moore. Uh, Judge G was the radio DJ. He was great voice, but he looked like a. You know, like a how can I put this? Be polite, you might be. As I say, he was. If you listen to him on the radio, he was like Emperor Roscoe. He was so cool, uh-huh. so cool. But when you seen him in person, he had a wee hand knitted jumper on. Right. His, the his picture you had in your head never was added not, up. Yeah, to the never guy. added up. And then there was the other DJ who was a part time DJ, but he was a guy that I really. Um, had a great bond and I still do to this day he was the best man at my wedding Neil Neil Duffy I'm the godfather to to one of his kids so we're still really really close but Neil always seen something in me kind of us because I used to come in and there was a magazine called Black Echoes 
it was just like a newspaper uh-huh. it wasn't a magazine as such yep. but it, it Blues and Soul and, and Black Echoes was a weekly magazine and I would study them and come in to the bar and sort of a Neil was a painter and decorator by trade so I would fill him in on all the tunes that were yeah, big yeah. and he would go and buy the tunes so I was his feeder yeah, if yeah. that, if that ah, makes brilliant. sense and it's amazing that you're still <clears throat> friends now and that passion for music well, that was the thing that brought you together Definitely, definitely, and and also he, he still call he still comments that he says I wish I was still doing it. I'd be making more than you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Joe's charge and Nuka five and a half. They were great days. If, I mean, if we could, it'd be great if we could try and dig out one of the tracks. Is there anything like maybe you could think about? We could maybe try and Oof. find a track to play it for that era. Something that's really. Di- Sticks out for that era. I mean, uh, all the Parliament and the P Funk stuff was mega. Pa- uh, One Nation Under a Groove would right. be a big. That Delta. was a big tune. Uh-huh. Big tune. That's the kind of stuff I played. Aye, amazing. So that's then <clears throat> what you're you're working away. I mean, like many young DJs, again, so, you're working away. Sorry, sorry for interrupting. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah, I was spending all all my money, but but I wasn't DJing at the time. And then just to cut a long story short, Neil eventually left the job, and he and I didn't know at the time, but he suggested to the the owner Peter Rossi his name was he was an ice cream manufacturer <laughs> he, was an, he was an Italian businessman he says whatever you do that boy hire him as a DJ when I go and when Neil left they hired me for one night and I got a fiver a night which was a lot of money Brilliant. and what year's that Joe? Ooh, 70, 76 right. 1976 pop pickers and that was that was your first Residency, your first gig as a DJ. Yes. And how long did that last? Oh well, I, I'm hopefully still doing it now. No, but I'm saying that. that <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was, I was in I'm the room. Ro- <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, it's no longer the rooster. Trades houses took over everything. Uh, I was in the rooster for probably 10, 12 years. But I went. So you're in there up until takes you up till the. 80s probably probably no probably the early 80s um, maybe the early 80s so when you're doing it so see when everybody thinks of Joe Deacon and it's strange how you're saying that the guy who's inspired you was good on the mic and all that or or you never even the other guy for the radio never lived up to your expectations I think everybody knows you just as much for your voice and how you command the night you know it's unique You've, you've got your own style it's I'd, almost like you're talking to people. You know how maybe my MC style. I'm like, come on, and that's yeah, you're yeah. like talking to the room. Yeah, yeah. Well, right. that's always a that's always a thing I've always believed, and that's probably because of my age group. When you were DJing, and probably from the sixties to the eighties, it was all talking DJs. You had to. It was Radio One road shows and all. They were mm-hmm. they were massive back in the days. So you you could DJs were like superstars, but you they? couldn't be a DJ unless you could talk. Yep. Well, there's, when you got to the 90s and the 2000s, no, none of the DJs spoke, you know, just mm-hmm. a head down. They could have been in anybody, you know? Aye. It was almost uncool to talk as well, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I would never, see, I've never conformed to it. everybody. Over the years, people have been, why don't you just concentrate the mix and do that? I'm like, no, I'm me. Because it is a certain style, it's its own, isn't it? It's like the... The MC, I don't even like to call it MCing sort of thing, no. but talking and with the music, it goes hand in hand because sometimes people just need, it's not like you're telling them what to do, but it just yeah. lets them, yeah. gives them an excuse to open up my, and relax. My, my thoughts, Nick Mal, are see throughout the night, see when you have MCs 
I don't know how you feel, but I really don't like MCs. No, I've not got, I've not got a high tolerance for them. And I know it's rich coming through the two of us who actually talk exactly. <laughs> exactly, but no, there's, there's a couple of good lads still out there uh-huh. who know what it's all about. For me, you should only hear the DJ's voice when when maybe just the level of mm-hmm. the, le- the level of the crowd just drops a little bit. You should only talk when it needs a lift. Aye, that's, right my, that's my... Yeah. I agree 100%. There's too many... MCs, I'll just think the nights about them can I, can and their I, skills on the mic. When yeah. it's first and foremost, it's about the music and 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 Danny's wee bits of yeah. uh, vocals. Just as just a peppering to add to the night. And never it? talking over someone singing. Never, they call it never crash an intro. You know when to talk <laughs> and when aye, not aye, to aye, talk. Aye. But talking about singers, when we done the nineteen ninety four SWG three and Ross was coming on. That's one of the funniest. Oh, no, went, remember the name. <laughs> remember the name. Wow. What's his name? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'll ever oh, forget Ross's no, no, name uh, after that. No, exactly. <laughs> but the boy's a great singer. I think he's I think he's an amazing singer. Oh, he's fantastic. I just couldn't it was one of those nights. This guy, the biggest the biggest oh, this guy's gonna be so big, remember the name. And then I just had that blackout. <laughs> Thank God you were there. <laughs> oh brother. Right, so let's let's we'll, we'll play what P-Funk, One Nation Under a Groove, and then we'll come back for another chat. Aye, brilliant. Pleasure.
Lottery a tune there. <laughs> oh, bringing back memories. So, it's going to dig my platforms out there. That's 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 your soul, and uh, again, still a bit. I, I think that song in particular showed you what was coming. Yeah. So, yeah. your your next thing for that is what's coming after. Well, that, when Joe? well when I started in in the Rooster. There was another disco bar opened. It was only kind of half a mile from it, called City Limits, mm-hmm. and that was in that was in Renfield Street. It was another basement, but it held it held about five hundred people. So I started working in there. It's a great number. It was really this place was rocking, but th- that the funk was kind of a slipping down a bit. And this was like probably the late seventies, early eighties. So it was all the disco stuff that was coming in then. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about disco, we're talking about Sylvester, You Make Me Feel Mighty Real, yeah. Cool in the Gang, you know, Boogie Wonderland, Earth, Wind and Fire. So that music was coming right in and that was leaving the funk behind. But it was just a progression, all the disco stuff, even as cheesy as Donna Summer and all that, mm-hmm. you know, the Giorgio Moroder yep. productions, that's when the disco really, really kicked off. See. The Georgia Monroe, the Donna, Donna Summers in particular, a lot of people talk about uh, house music and techno starting in Chicago, but really in Europe, yeah. with Georgia Monroe, and you know, that is dance music. Correct. That Correct. is house music, Correct. whatever you want to call it. And what, what year's that? That's 80. No, no, well, well, well George, George, George Marauder was the mid 70s, 76 right. to probably 81. Wow. 82. So that predated. Chicago House and all yep, that. You know, yep, that that was yep. the, the founding again Disco's always been credited as the founding but specifically Marauder we synthesised the, chi- the Chicago guys I watched an interesting programme on BBC I think it was BBC 4 you should watch that on a Saturday night if, if you're not I the road. there's loads of things about Disco and about yep. funk and all that and the Chicago guys they they interviewed all the main mm-hmm. the main characters in it and they said their big, biggest influence was George Marauder uh, he, I mean, he was messing about with synthesizers yep. and dance music. So that that stuff's coming in, and that's featuring more and more. And what the, your sets and the stuff at that time you're playing, are they starting to become more synthesized, more electronic? Correct, correct. Yeah. And what your real rock music? You're still maybe playing a bit of rock music, but it, is is dance music? Well, well, it was all it was always dance music. But I mean, to give you an example, I was still playing things like, and you and, and you might laugh, but I was playing things like in excess, mm-hmm. who just kind of came out, you know, kind of mid eighties, and it was these tunes used to. I was playing things like Hue and Cry. Mm-hmm. They were kind of no, they were dance. Yep. you could dance to them, but they were. I was still playing them when I started. I started the Metro in nineteen eighty nine. They brought me in on a Friday night just because my, it was my pal Ron Aiken, he was the general manager, and I'd never met the Fox Brothers, the three of them. But uh, Ron brought me in, and I, he says, I'll give you, a, give you a Friday night, try it out. So my music was basically chart music yep. with a couple of soul, kind of a George Benson dropped in, Luther, Ver- Luther Vandross dropped in. But then it just kind of started changing. And as I say I started in 89 but by the time you got to 1990 there was a real kind of club it was really turning then Mm -hmm. and I'm talking about playing things you know it was like Adamski Killer you know never heard of Black Box right on time it was more you know Nomad Devotion these were the things that stick in my memory about although I used to play commercial things you would say but things like Technotronic pump up the jam and things like that all this started creeping in and that's what I say really changed mm-hmm. changed the scene completely I mean when A-Tracks first came out they were 
huge club tracks before they even pestered the charts. And maybe people look yep. back at them and they just see them as commercial tracks. But back then, they were pretty yep. underground, big dance. I mean, I, I remember being upset when favourite tracks of mine hit the charts because I felt like you lost it. No, it went no. to everybody after yeah, that. Yeah, no, no. I, I think you should have been massively proud. That I mean, did you know? Did you know? Think you took you got that too early to enjoy it? No, I mean, I I think, well, especially. I mean, you're talking about Metro, right? And that was when I was just at the right age, leaving school, because before for me, dance music was back rooms of pubs and social clubs. And maybe occasional in a field somewhere, or you know, it wasn't organised. It was illegal, but then when the metro opened, yeah, it was we had this super club. Yeah, I'm I, I'm from Stevenson, which is right next to Salk. It's where it right was. next door. But this was I was like the sticks, but then a super club landed. Yeah, so um, I, I was coming and listening to you when you were still mixing in and out of the commercial chart yeah. stuff, like yeah. rock music. Yeah, but then you had the wee dancey bit, and I don't know if you actually remember. Me and guys like Big Jab, Big Asian guy used to run about. Yeah, yeah, I know. Me and Jab and a few other boys who were were into dance music and hip hop. We used to pester you to play dance I, music. I remember Jab all the time. I, I reckon you sent Jab up. Aye, I was a bit scared. <laughs> but we'd also bring in some of our records That's for right. you to play. And it was all, can I, can I tell you, it was all always public enemy. Aye. Jab would come up every Saturday night or every Friday night at the, at the very beginning. Can he stick on, you know, but... Yeah. And as well, he, because he worked in the shop and he had a bit more money than us, he would be able to buy more records than what we could buy. So his vinyl collection again was responsible for some of the, some of the samples I used in Ultrasonic Correct. because I was sampling the vinyl that he had. But um, and even his drum machines that I used to borrow and all that for like obsession and stuff. But we used to go up and uh, and and, ha- and harass, get jabbed <laughs> to harass you to play our favourite tunes, and then also try and our hardest to get them back after you at the end of the night. <laughs> Do you know what I always remember? Do you know what I always remember with Jab? Jab was always and by the way, I really. I really loved when, see, see the Metro at the very beginning it was just all different types of style mm-hmm. see the people that went they weren't all clubbers ah, it was just an eclectic it, mix it was a big mixture yeah. of people that would some people would ask for like you know early early what do you call that stepping on what do you call them the, happy, the, Mondays. happy Mondays happy yep. Mondays north side shall we take ah, a trip aye. this was really really <laughs> weird time because it was you know, you had your Stone Roses and your yep. Manchester area, yep. and it was it was mixing with your dance, and Correct. it was also mixing with hip hop and then commercial. The hip hop flavour that I remember, Jab always asking for, and it's still one of my favourite tunes of all time, King B, Back by Dope. Oh, Demand. amazing tune, amazing, and absolutely I, amazing. And I've still I've played it at 1994. Uh-huh. Well, it's tune. Why don't we play that new in honour of Big Jab and the Met? Brilliant. Still, still, what is left is 
is what I like if you don't agree Like, cause I ain't got time to play with you There are other things I have to do I could lecture you with my texture But I'd rather manufacture a posse To like me for what I am For all the rest I don't give a damn I wanna be for real for what it's worth I wanna be down to earth giving What I have inside Not the things that money buys I play for keep but I'll play it right That's why I'm just so damn So all you play actors and fakes Let me show you what it takes I'm just one of a three-man band And we're back by dope demand Control. So if you got second thoughts, you'd better pack Cause time is what I like, time to make you see I'm not doing this for me, this is all for you So help me out, get down and shout Yo, yes the rest is up to you It ain't hard, just try to do What you do best when you hear me go On the dopest flow, Joe I won't settle for any less Do your best, but I must confess I am the type so hard to please I'm ill like a cold disease So move your body from left to right If you can, stay out of sight If you can, come on, take a stand Cause we're back by dope demand Meaning the opposite out of reach Right y'all, that's what I'm saying The cuts and even the words I'm displaying Drawing the lyrics, all star the hands We're back by Dope Demand Back by Dope Demand Brilliant tune and dedicated to Big Jab Oh, you switched on? There it is. So, All these yeah, years working uh, the mic, you don't know how to switch it on. I, I, I never switched it off. You switched it off. Sabotage. Maybe we've we'll swapped mics. <laughs> oh, this is my mic. Your mic. Uh, you can tell with a wee dodgy helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing worse than a dodgy helmet. <laughs> so, we've, we've got you in the metro and you're, you're smashing it out. And I suppose this was happening all over the UK. This sort of dance music culture starting to get hold it's, it's invading the charts it's getting bigger and bigger so you as a resident of the metro are you still on a Friday night are you seeing more people like me are coming up busting your head to play a dance music and it was after probably it was the shortest Friday Friday uh, residency I had because they, they moved me quickly probably about four weeks later to the Saturday and then the Friday became maybe a commercial yep, night and correct. Saturday was like correct. a focus correct. dance night focus and dance music and it was all things like Reb, Rebel MC Aye. Street Tough things like that who done all the bookings for the, the Metro because some of the acts they got were 
unbelievable. Yeah. Basically, there was three guys involved. There was me, mm-hmm. Ron Aiken, and oh come on, Robert Robert Stevenson. Robert Stevenson. Yeah, the, the three of us would work together. The three Fox brothers who owned it wouldn't have any input whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It would we would put together names, and then. With, uh, if you're big records maybe you're saying correct, this is, is going to be massive correct. this is working here and uh, and not only big tunes but you would actually get you know you, you would get you would get people recommending this and saying look this is the next here's you know you would be listening to tunes and then the tune would just be coming out and then you, you were kind of saying well wait a minute this is going to be massive mm-hmm. in about three months time so let's try and get them in before or just when it comes right. out and that was I, a good thing we, I, were, we were on the ball with oh, picking picking the acts on I the mean, ball see again but I, I felt so fortunate just being from Stevenson and the fact that I didn't need to go to Glasgow to the the big lights because two minutes five minutes from my house was a super club that was playing upfront dance music yeah and it wasn't just that it was all the bands who i was going oh they're amazing you know like i, I can't you know i can't put any words how many amazing bands just before they blew up were playing and, and maybe what you might disagree or you might agree one of the biggest was adamski yeah yeah massive who, who came with seal seal yeah who's a, who a mega star in america and yeah. he he was like Adamski's dancer slash yep. singer. Yeah. I asked I asked Adamski when I brought him up to nineteen ninety four if that was Seal's first vocal gig because that was the kind of yep. urban myth at the time. Yeah. The first time he performed performed Killer. And he said he broke my heart a wee bit, he said, No, it wasn't exactly the first ever gig. He remembered the metro, yep. he remembered the gig. Yep. He was like, Oh that that's that place next to the seaside yep. and stuff like yep. that. He goes, It was freezing. Everybody I, everybody I, remembers it. That's that. it. That was so cool. And then he went, it wasn't exactly the first gig, but it was like the first or the second. He goes, because he was still super nervous. And I think we spoke about it and you yep. were telling me he was yep. You know, really nervous about doing the gig, but but well, as I say, the see 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 when I met Seal, both both the guys, Adamski and Seal, were you you had to practically coax a word out. They were mm-hmm. they, they they weren't quite, superstars. Quiet they, young were, guys. they were just quiet, quiet guys. Some would say no personality, but that <laughs> but, but that would be unfair. But I just think that the guys, you know, the guys were. This was the first time that they had they put together these tunes in their bedroom. Yep. Uh, one had a great voice, and now they were touring the UK yep. with a number one single. It's an awful lot to ask, mm-hmm. but we we made them feel at home. And I think I think Adamski and Seal they came back to us about two or three times. Ah, it was brilliant. I mean, is there any other acts that stuck out at that time for you? For, you get and you just went, oh, wow. Oh, because uh, we're talking early, yeah. early 90s, really, aren't we? Oh, there's loads I can't remember. I mean, we, we, had, a, we had the Happy Mondays, and I'm sure we did. We had, uh, I always remember, I need to tell you this, we had a brilliant after party. Do you remember when Oasis did Irvine Beach? Mm-hmm. This was back in the day. Right. Probably this is probably ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, probably the probably just before they made it. Right, they did Irvine Beach, or they'd only once the first album out. They actually came to the metro afterwards, so we so we finished at two o'clock, and afterwards, Noel and Liam came into the club, and I was uh, I'd, I'd had a few drinks, <laughs> <laughs> and what up? No, but they came up and they were like, "Play some music, big man," and I always remember it. What we were there to like six in the morning, right? But what a, what a party! And I always oh, remember for overtime, Joe. <laughs> and, and I always remember them, right? Now this is another thing. When you jump, it's completely. Unrelated. Then me and my wife were on our honeymoon, 
and Oasis. We were on the honeymoon in Hawaii. Sounds great, but we stopped off in San Francisco. As you do, uh, be- because you couldn't fly there direct. And Oasis were in town, and I'm like that to the wife. I know they too. <laughs> you, you love this. I says I know they too. She went, Joe, shut up. I says, I, I, I want to go to this concert. Mm-hmm. So I went down to the venue. This is a God's honest truth. I stood at the back door. In San Francisco? In San Francisco. Stood at the back door in San oh, Francisco. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Have you either left your, left your heart there or you kicked the back door in? <laughs> but this is, a, this is surreal. This is how surreal mm-hmm. the Metro days were, right? We had a wedding and we're honeymoon. It's 1993. Yep. So work it out, and 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 a, a bus, a tour bus pulls up. This is one of their one of their first, the first American tour they did, yeah. which they didn't do too well because they chucked half the gigs. They That's walked right, off stage, yeah. you know that. So no comes off the bus with a big, a big burly security guard, and I'm like, no, how you doing? And he's like, they looked at me. I says, it's it's Joe. Surely you can't forget this amazing face. He went, you're a big DJ in the metro. Wow. I, say, I says, no, how are you doing? It, this is my wife Maureen, we're on my honeymoon. Is there any chance we can get tickets for tonight? He turned around and went to the, to the guy, get this big man's details, front front row of the circle, best seat in the house. Absolutely brilliant. And Liam came at his back and Liam came off with a fucking silly walk. And the two of them are tiny. Mm-hmm. People don't realise they're tiny. And, and Liam's like, all right, big man. So it was it was a surreal moment, but absolutely brilliant. And my honeymoon, and I turned around at my wife and I'm like, "Told you, I fucking knew them." <laughs> <laughs> that many, is amazing. Many more things, surreal things like that. But to get back to your question about <laughs> the live bands that we, no, no, the live legendary bands that we drank with, the ones that we had in the metro. Remind, I'm tra- just thinking back with with people like Two Unlimited. You might say are cheesy, but at the time they were massive. Yep. Get, get ready for this was number one we had them in the metro when it was number one mm-hmm. that's the kind of things we did also snap yep. we also had enjoy about five or six mm-hmm. times over the years we had shades of rhythm yep. about ten times all the classics I mean people like uh, what was the guy uh, crossover digital boy I, I was going to say Ramirez we had ma- but also amazing vocalists like Anne-Marie Smith don't you remember Anne she, she did she was a voice to all the old Italo house tunes right okay Love Me by Patrick aye, aye, aye. she did she had a big Black Diva great voice Sabrina Peace in the Valley mm-hmm. Dream Frequency yep. featuring you know our friend Debbie Sharp. Debbie, Debbie, Debbie Sharp we had loads of people like that and I mean legends Alison Limerick uh, Rosala Brilliant. You know, things like that. It's just the who's who are classic correct, dance correct. music. Yeah. I mean, even even like, uh, things like uh, no so big or well known ones um, for me was like Two for Joy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guru Josh before Guru he blew Josh, up. Guru Josh, yeah. Um, they, were, they were a mad. Amazing. Him and his mad Mick, the saxophone. But, but can, I, can I just stop you there? Do you remember a real weird thing that blew everybody's minds? Mark Oberon. The, uh, the visual guy. That's right. Aye. <laughs> those nights, if you were at the they metro, were crazy. <laughs> the, the guy would be on stage and all the lights would go out. And his head would roll off, and yeah. he was an illusionist. Matt Oberon, that's right. He, blew my mind. he came quite a few times, yeah. didn't he? Oh, Aye, yeah, and yeah. it was a, it was a big thing, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was really unusual. No, I'm I'm trying to remember back then. Obviously, it's kicking off. It's a full rave, and then it would just stop, and he would do his show. Were people sitting? 
Do people sit watching it or are people standing? No, I can't no. People were all standing. Right, right. They were all standing. That's right, Mark. I've, that's really, really last, weird. Man. But amazing it because it was so, so well. different. So different. Middle of the night, and then all, all the punters would be, What, what did What's I just want? Yeah. Aye, What's, what is this? And then the second half would be, Bang. Yep. And the Metro as well had that big light system, which was like, at the yeah. time, anybody who remembers it, like the Hitman and her, never had a patch on these lights yeah, that were the, coming up. The, the hydraulics, they would come right down and open up like yeah. a big sunflower. Yeah. Even all, I mean, even all that, it's just. There was very few clubs that could come close to it at the time. Yeah, well, the, see, see the only club, see when you talk about the Metro, right? Seeing that at that time, the only club that you could say had a had a patch on it and the whole of Scotland was a tunnel in Glasgow yep. and the tunnel would be more of a clubby club right yep. but you know but eventually the the tunnel gave into the, the the acts we were bringing up the tunnel would bring in K-Class mm. they would bring in uh, what's the pennies from heaven what do you call them oh uh, alright I know oh good life was there another yep, thing yep. Aye. Kevin Saunderson. Kevin Saunderson and yeah. it was uh, Inner City. Inner City. That's right. it, Joe. So, so they would bring in, they brought an Enjoy as well. So the Tunnel were the number one club in Glasgow, but we blew them away. We mm. were, as I say. I mean, even in number wise, I mean, what? We could talk about it. Now, what kind of numbers was in right. the Metro? <laughs> uh, I hope this isn't going to live. Uh, Nobody's going to hear this the, apart the, from <laughs> The Metro was officially licensed for, I think, 928. And I can assure you, our busiest our, our busiest nights by far were TTF and ultrasonic. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, I would bring buses down, bring six double deckers down, maybe three, four hundred. A, a double decker officially holds eighty five people. Mm -hmm. Well, we would have hundred and twenty on every bus. They'd be sitting in the the aisles of the bus and all that. It was crazy. But I remember the nights when TTF and ultrasonic were on. And the, the the they closed the doors at the front, but my five buses would be shoehorned in the back, back. doors. <laughs> <laughs> but only them, you know. They, they'd already paid. Mm -hmm. They'd already paid me, so there was no tickets. They, they were getting. So in. they were getting yeah, in. Yeah. So they literally would put them in the back. Brilliant. Another VIP. Another, VIP. Yes. <laughs> backstage access. Because uh, I, I remember, like, you know, like, playing there again for me growing up and knowing. A lot of people there, obviously. But by that time, there's people coming from all over Scotland, and, England, even. and north of England, down to Manchester. Yeah. So, but it was always like the lines then for me because as much as I was that raver, want to be up on that stage like all the other bands that had influenced me. It's probably what turns you on to music, man. Well, it, you know, that's I mean that that's how we're talking now. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it was such a huge influence, and in what you know, I had discovered dance music before I was. I was, you know, the hip hop and electro. I had yeah. my wee thing in my room, and we, my wee group of pals try to write music in the limited stuff we had. But we never done it. We never the knowledge. Yeah. So going to the Met. Thank God we didn't have it. <laughs> Where would we be? <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, not married <laughs> <laughs> for twenty five years. That's it. There'd be too many melted pictures kicking about. <laughs> Aye. Um, so I, I mean, if somebody pulled out a camera back, then you'd think they were DS. <laughs> <laughs> You've been rumbled. That's it. But I mean, just to, to get that inspiration on a weekly basis on my doorstep. Yeah. Oh. Was the internet for me? Because yeah. that was all the info. I met like-minded people. Yeah. I listened to music, and we could share a love for that music. Correct. 
Um, Any new tunes that you would you would pass? You would I, actually talk about. Oh, I've got this new tune. Have a listen to it. Check this out. Yeah. What, this is you know. But then you mentioned K Class. I remember you know. So look, as the PAs were coming off, Joe, I was the guy at the side going, yeah. mate, mate. How, what do I need to do? Yeah. What, what's that keyboard called? Can I, How yeah. do you do that? Yeah. Some of them would have no time for you. Other ones would want to pass on. I've actually got a Metro flyer and on it, uh, the names of a couple of synthesizers. Yeah. Your man for K-Class wrote down for me. Yeah. And he was one of the only ones, the guy for the bass heads, Deza. Deza, yeah. He's, gave me some time. He's living in Ayrshire now, do you know that? Is he? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he lives with Kirsty. Bro, that's right. Aye, aye, Kirsty aye. Kirsty for uh, 23rd Precinct. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, there you go. I mean, they'll, they'll return to God's country. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, so, I mean, it was great to get these people, you know, to give you some time. You know, people who you're yeah. like, I've got your record in the house. Aye. You know, you go to meet them. And it was and it was just through that. That was my internet. That was my information. Yeah. My apprenticeship. And, uh, you know, then to get to play it, blew my mind yeah you know I was in the place that I served my time best time ever for music for me was 89 to 95 I think what about a couple give a couple of tracks for that era and we'll, we'll, we'll maybe we'll play them well I mean if on any any interview I always say Dream Frequency were brilliant feels so oh, real there's take, shows well. take me to the top Ian's still doing it yep. Debbie's back in the States but Whenever we get a good gig, we get them over. Yep, yep. Great turnout. Also, there's so many tunes. I can't, I mean, you, you know, Digital Boy crossover still does it oh, for me. I, I love that. You know, they, they were from America. Then you get Ramirez, which is an Italian guy with a shady from Colombia. Oh, who he was something who else, every time he? you used to book them, everybody wanted the Colombian there because he was a, the MC was quite potty, really strange, but he was effective. Mm -hmm. And half the times, when they came over, he, he, would get, he went again in the country because <laughs> he was Colombian. Do, do you know what? <laughs> I, I would be doing gigs in like Budapest in Germany, and all of a sudden, the the Colombian dude yeah. would just turn up in his leather pants. He looked like an Indian. Aye, kind he, of guy, he, didn't he? he looked like one of the silver Apaches. Yeah, long, 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 straight black hair, yeah. black leather trousers, yeah. and just stamp about the stage Aye. and jump up and down. And he would always say, "Is can I borrow your keyboards?" <laughs> and we'd be like, "How?" They, they not get the keyboards right so uh, that's the first time they bother me I didn't uh, have keyboards right Ramirez wasn't even there right this is we didn't know this at the time <laughs> the next gig somewhere else some bizarre place Switzerland whatever, whatever somewhere in Europe hey, borrow your keyboards hey, what happened oh the, the keyboards never arrive right yeah. and then you go hold on a minute and then so getting to know him right. he just toured the world with a dat tape yep. and slept whoever he met with slept on their couch pretended he was Ramirez <laughs> went, went about as Ramirez yeah Without Marato, no, the was it yeah. the Italian El guy was El Elvio. No, it's Elvio Marato. I think he was called Ramirez, wasn't he? he was, this, was, it, was he no Ramirez? And no, the guy was I, Marato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but Marato was he? He was, he the, was the producer. He was, he was the producer. He was he was a guy. That so the singer had guy. The, music. the singer just guy was just a party. Traveling animal. the world, a total <laughs> party guy, and it was always Bacardi. <laughs> the women love Bacardi. <laughs> and then just him jumping about. He's holding his through the rock in the gaff. Brilliant, brilliant. So, good, okay, good Ramirez, crossover, and dream frequency. Can it brilliant, brilliant.
quiero que tú me saques a mí allí para... Chacho, ese tipo, olvídate, ese tipo se suelta ahí con esa música. cosa más bonita del mundo.
a wee mix here with some of your favourite tracks for the Metro days. You bit upset Ultrasonic wasn't chosen. Well, that's that's fine. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. So, Still in my heart, Ultrasonic. How long? Here's the thing. Remember we asked you down to the studio to record because again, just your big voice. That's right. Around. I remember we need, that. We need yeah. to get Joe in. You know, to to like he does at the Metro announces like he yeah. does at the Metro. Yeah. We asked you to come to Apollo that's Studios right. to do an intro. Glasgow Street. I think it was awesome. The track was awesome. Yeah. And uh, and you done your done yeah. and, and I remember you going like that. You had to fucking ask us, and it's through the day or something. I remember you were raging. <laughs> out. You couldn't get. You felt like you couldn't get that nighttime vibe or something. Usual, usual. No, no, no. That was a big honour. It was just a case of, ladies and gentlemen, was it loud and proud? Aye, aye. Ultra Sonic. Ah, there you are. Loved it. Brilliant. Absolutely Good. brilliant. And well, we talked after the mic. We touched on it. You were saying that you'd wished you'd maybe get into a wee bit of production. I would have loved to have done that, but see my problem, Marlon. I know it's, I know it's a, a poor excuse. See then, but I was, I was young, but I was just like, I just, I, I lived, I lived, just enjoying yourself. I enjoyed myself, yeah. So when people wanted to do music and all that, I was in my best sleep, you know. Mm-hmm. Being honest with you, because you, you had you had enjoyed yourself that weekend, and you're just getting ready for the next. But also, weekend. I had a young family, so right. so when my wife went to work and I had kids to right. to look after, so it was uh, it, it was quite difficult. Uh-huh. But as I say, it wouldn't change a thing. I, it is a little bit of a you know, as I said to you earlier on, I wish I would have got into the music more mm-hmm. because I, I I do know a tune when I hear one. I can yep. tell you if someone plays me a bit of music, and I can either say yes or no. I well, know what you want to hear one. Of course you do, because you've not been doing what you've been doing for that long. Correct. You've got an ear for music. Yeah. Um, and and what, what I said to you was, in a, in a kind of mad but runabout way, your Metro tapes was you kind of making something, putting something together yeah. and putting it out there. Yeah, yeah. And their tapes are, are quite late. I actually listened to one other week, there's somebody posted, it may even have been you, it's like Metro Aye. TV for 93. It was me that posted that. Some yeah. of the tunes on it, I was going, what? I've not heard that in ages. And I actually made a message you say, you need to dig some of that big man for ba- Basically, what I did, right? It was, there wasn't that, that much thought going into it. And what I would do, I would be spending hundreds of pounds in 23rd Precinct every yep. week. And what I would do is just put all the music on a cassette. Mm hmm. So the punters could make it. I wouldn't put a bad tune on it, mm-hmm. but I would put the best of the ones that I've just bought. So there'd be two different. Shows you how much music I bought out of Twenty Third Precinct. But Billy Kilty owe me a fortune, and Michael Kilty. <laughs> um, who did, was there? Somebody there that you spoke to that put a bag beside for you, or who, who was your all, main all, guys there? Always Billy, Billy, right? Billy and Michael Kilty, and then near the end, uh, Billy Reed. Right. my partner in crime the Metro so I was always looked after with all the music but I would just put all these all these tracks that I'd bought on on the tapes mm-hmm. two tapes a month and they, they did really well I did in half <laughs> and then you know what's mad uh, is it an urban myth somebody told me that you only slept in 45 minutes so you wake up and switch the tape room <laughs> <laughs> trust me I'm this is the things I did I was crazy right mm-hmm. I would actually I would just do it at first on just a two two CDs just like a hi-fi just a hi-fi and then I get really, really I'm like oh, come on I'm, I've, I've got to put something back into this so I, I bought uh, an industrial it was like it was in a big flight place an industrial that did something like two, there were blocks of twos but there was like ten mm-hmm. and I bought them from base generator guy, wow. guy yeah. from Newcastle and it was like vroom, vroom. so I was like hey this this is good mm-hmm. but in the early days you're 100% right I would be like at n- sleeping at night hear the clunk 
turn them over, tapes. making these tapes, wow. sleeping for 45 minutes. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> it's amazing. I'll do anything for money. I'm terrible. But see, you look to get, and again, this is me, you know, I'm, I'm a raver at the Metro. So, and a fiver, it was a fiver, I'm sure it was a fiver. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were a fiver and then they went up to six pounds. So, they'd be like a, a clique of us of maybe eight to ten people. And we would make sure always Wannies would get a tape yeah. or we'd club in for the tape and then we would get copies of that oh, tape. Is that right? blah, blah. Oh, sorry, oh, Joe. Oh, is that right? <laughs> but we were for Stevenson, man. Times were ads. Mal, 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 can I tell you this? It's another crack that you won't believe. I, I had loads of friends saying to me, Joe, they're selling your your metro tapes to Nabarra's up at Barra's I'm like that no way Joe they are come down so I went down one Sunday and I'm like that looking at a few stalls and that and I'm looking at it. So, so my metro tapes did have a cover on them and mm-hmm. the, the DB sticker and all so there was a bit of you know, there was, I thought they were produced and marketed properly but the majority of them were not metro tapes they were just some of the guys done a mix no no they were probably for something you know something down south and all right, that and they just called and it they just called it a wow. metro tape so that tells me it's a, it was a form of compliment you know but it told me that they were selling metro tapes that much that they were just putting metro tapes on and all the tapes yeah. yeah well for, again for us if we got the metro tape you would go back to somebody's house inevitably after it and that's with that yeah. soundtrack. And that carried on, yeah. Nah, it's absolutely bizarre. I don't know how I'm still here actually with the parties we had after it. You know what? I don't I don't actually th- with the met we were lucky to get into the metro because my mate's da done the phone lines. So, right. So he managed to get his there was a they open they done an opening night for all the staff and who'd been involved in the the building. Yep, yep. So we sneaked into the very first night, like the actual night for the workies. Yeah. That's yeah, that is a thank you for putting it together. Which was, I think it was a Thursday. Yeah. And then that kind of helped us get in on the Fridays get and Saturdays. People, because yeah. even try to get in was hard sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially with Ian Hunter running the door. Aye, my dear. <laughs> who, who, me and you done a gig in Kilmarnock a few years ago. That's right. The first time I'd seen Ian in years. And he's still the same. He's still exact same. Silver Fox. Wee bit greyer in the hair. We, like, seeing sometimes when either we never had any money to get to the Metro or if somebody never get in, we would sit outside in the motor and watch folk getting the knockback <laughs> and then the, the guys try to be smart with you and all that very and entertaining like, very entertaining kicked across the street it was hilarious <laughs> man but so the metro's kicking off obviously dance music's exploded the big raves are happening Joe you're, yeah. you're getting booked for all these big raves yeah. man yeah well the, 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 the first one? it always seemed to be frigging down in Ayrshire as well God's country <laughs> <laughs> the one that sticks out for me is Technodrome and where was that again was it Cumnock yep. yeah. and honest to God see like now see we've seen the later raves they were put down wooden floors but this was just a t- Mud. Tents and mud Farmers fields And I always remember I had a pair of wellies on Right The very first one And I'm st- Everybody was stuck mm-hmm. You were dancing You were just The top half of your body Was dancing <laughs> the, You you could <laughs> not get out Yeah You just You, you know It was crazy right. But those were they were Those were great event, Great events Earthquaker as well Was yeah. another one and, and see even things Like the generator Going down It added to the excitement yeah. And the atmosphere yeah. Just that What's going on here? It could end at any minute. What's going so to happen? I is, better you know, enjoy myself yeah, here. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's even videotapes, you know, and even like, like now with like the 1994 nights, I'm always busting your head going, it's that earthquake alive. <laughs> it's a big mad anthem, you know? I know, I know. But I know. They, again, that's me just being a fanboy again, you know, and these times that are stuck in my head, 
you know, and you're just going, they were amazing. But that's what Brilliant I'm saying. See, 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 when you get to when, when you get to our, our our stage in life. See, for me, the 1994s are the closest thing that we will ever get to back in the to metro back. days, to back to earthquake or to back to technodrome, and the the you know the old. Marcos Forum and all that, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the 1994 gigs. We, we we do what three or three of them a year, three, four, a year, three a year, and if you haven't been to them, you need to go to them. Classic Grand, uh, one one every three months. You you can't miss it because it's not. It's the people who are back in the day. It's people. D- would I say from the 30s to the 50s? Ah, easy. And it's all people that were back. Honestly, get get to the 1994s and you'll understand why they're so popular. I think as well, people can see that we're enjoying it. Correct. I, right, we're there to do a job, we're there to... Yep. We're there to, we're there to be profe- professional. Trying to be professional. But <laughs> it's good because yourself, me, Trevor, everybody, Malcolm, everybody that's involved, yeah. I think we're just... It's, it's as much a night out as it is our, our work. Do, do you know what I always say about it? See, normally backstage at events, it's no relaxed. In 1994, backstage is relaxed. That's because it's all friends. Aye, well, that's it. And I don't like to... Uh, I, I like to just keep it tight. Yeah. And um, for, for that reason where you get... My pet hate of mine is just too many folk jumping Correct. backstage. You don't know who they are. Correct. Correct. And you can't relax. Correct. Because you Correct. don't know what's happening around about you. But aye, it's, it's a great, it's a great atmosphere, and uh, and like you know, right for the very first one, five years ago, Joe. Yeah, is it five years? When I first came up with the idea for it, oh Jesus, my God! <laughs> I see, I put it off. I put mine off. I've got manners. I should. Um, that's it. So uh, just because I'm very popular, you know. <laughs> Uh, so I'm you say the same thing with the hashtag. I think you get somebody to phone you. I know. I say I'm recording. Right, make sure you phone me. It's, not, it's Maria downstairs. Not stop. Well, used to shut up. Uh, um, when I when I first had the thought of doing uh, a night, Ricky McGowan helped us get in That's to right. the Archies. I wanted to do it in the Archies because for me it was that was my favourite venue. venue. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And straight away, I just went, you know. I want, I want to do an old school night with the people that inspired me and the folk I want to be about. Yeah. So yourself and Big Trevor Riley were the first guys I wrote <laughs> doing in a bit of paper. And then but I wrote, was that no also just that they would cover they would they would cover your your the parties back in the day. I know get mates rates <laughs> and all. <laughs> but then I had wrote that's it, I, I mean I probably still get a bit of paper somewhere. Yourself, Trevor, and that was representing you know the metro, metro and hangar, and hangar, and then I wrote um, hard floor and enjoy, and 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 then that was it, and, yep. then, and then I was like, that's it, and then I think I added in bass generator just for taking a add in that resurrection and remake and a harder me, side, hard floor. It was mental. Hard floor were brilliant. Uh-huh. I think it split the crowd a wee bit because that was just pushing it a wee, but I wanted yep. that because. Yep. You just need to, even though we're because being it was, old because we're it was part of your it was big memories in your aye, life, aye, so that's what you that's wanted it. to put on. So that's allowed. But as well, you know, I think when you you know it's dead easy to sit down and play an hour's worth of big anthems that yep. everybody knows. Correct. But you know, we always talk about it before in 1994, and you do that wee bit of digging, you'll pull out the gems, and you'll always pull me over and go wait 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 to hear this. <laughs> and there's always that minute. That's, you just that, go. You get that's what you try. That's what you try and do. There it is. There it is. When I'm on 1984, I always try to 
try and maybe get three or four that you just maybe missed the last time mm. and get them out there. Aye. And I just I always look, always just turn to my right or my left and see you and, <laughs> you and Trevor's face, and it's a big smile. Brilliant, brilliant. I mean, it's great hearing just hearing the old tracks again over the big system, and yeah, then correct. you look out and you just see all the folk get because they're getting that moment on audio. No, they've not heard that for that. I know. You know, we've all heard. We all still love. The big anthems, yeah, but it's when you just pull out the wee gems, correct, correct, go, and that's what I have not heard that in I know. twenty years. I know, I know. Or, oh, remember that? That was such and such's yeah. favourite song, yeah. and it just takes it to another level. It reminds them of a night that they fell off the stage in the metro or fell off the stage in hangar. Wow, some of my some of my mates, and I mean good mates who are businessmen now. Uh-huh. Like, would just, I'd be looking out and they'd be, Joe, all right, and they would disappear into like 2,000 people. And it wasn't a stage dive, it just, uh, just the stage over the top. Basil Fall. And, and I even fell off the stage in 1994. The uh, one? The one at the SGW3. SWG3. But by the way, it was one of those falls that I just kind of, I know, <laughs> boom, back up again, never fell, never fell. Who was, one person Isn't seen back me. In the room? No, but. Uh, the, I'm sure I told you the next day I, I had got, got my I didn't I was alright for that night because uh-huh. I was I was, the, I was on the I was on the line <laughs> the next day I had to get the the wheelchair no on my way. flight honestly you were I, that bad? that bad my leg and my, my back did you break it? no but it was very embarrassing oh, is. oh no, no I have to have to, see when you look at the people going on flights they're always about 90 and all that mm-hmm. and they actually wheeled me on put me in the front seat and all that and that was me my wife tried to tell my wife that I fell off a stage no you, you don't get any mercy really, no, no but my, my point is and I'll stick with this was the the stage wasn't as big as the last time I was there. Yeah. And they never had maybe the, the tape, emergency no, tape, no. Just, line it. I'm sure you cut, because you're you're quite tight, <laughs> you cut the size of the stage. And uh, I, I remember well, this, it should be four paces wide. <laughs> it was only three. <laughs> and that was a fiver well spent for me. Oh, what, what a night. I, I was I was so killing myself laughing, but not the next day I wasn't. Right. I, f- I fell off the stage at um, Livingston Forum. I, I was looking for a, a PowerPoint to put the keyboards in. So I'm looking at the keyboards going, that's looking great, looking great. While walking with this look, big power extension right off the stage. Oh, and I landed in forum my, was my, my massive height. Huge yeah. big stage. I landed on my leg because it was out taking a foot. I just went <laughs> and my leg went into my ribs and I broke two ribs. Right? Still done a gig, Joe. Oh, I couldn't even speak through the mic. What I was I <gasps> Trooper. Troopers. Uh, that's it. Uh, See, you've you've no you've no made it to you fall off a stage. That's it. The show must go on. The show <laughs> must go on. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to 1994 in November. Feel the panic. Yeah. I think it's going to be. I think it's the 12th, maybe 13th, 1994. Is it? I uh, five years. Oh, I can't believe it's five years. Seems like yesterday. I know. So, and you're still as busy as ever. Yep. I mean, when when I moved, I've been away seven years. Is that right? I moved to Switzerland seven years ago, but it doesn't feel like I've uh-huh. been away because I'm back once, twice a month yep, doing yep. gigs, and I've never been as busy. It's great, you and I still and I still love it. I just love see the see for me just playing music and a full dance floor. What a buzz! Still get the same buzz and as I did when I was sixteen years of age. I was going to say for that sixteen-year-old boy, yep. that's come back to and that, and to a, to a thirty-one-year-old man. Though. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but see the thing about it is, is I think, and that's the thing I always feel is, 
that time on stage when you're playing the music and you're enjoying it and seeing people enjoy it. Correct. That's about your day for free. It's all the shite run about it. That's what you get paid for. Correct. Correct. Travelling, late yeah. nights, yeah. you know, whatever you've dealt with, either yeah. side of that. Correct. That's the stuff you get paid for. It's and it's for free. Hundred percent enjoyable. I've Aye. never, I've never felt, and and all the years I've been doing it, I've been doing this for forty odd years. Wow. And I've never ever, you know, been downhearted about. It. I just love playing music Aye. and making people smile. And that shows. That's how you're still doing it, because it would so it would be so easy just, yeah. just just to pack it in. Yeah, you know the easiest thing to do is walk away. Yeah, it, really. It's saying that Joe Deacon. What tune are we going to end this show with? Oh, I'll tell you. Well, that's a great suggestion, by the way. It's a fantastic. I, I can cut that. No, 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 no. I would say, for me. Ranging from all the types of music, you know, you can have your enjoy. Shades of rhythm would always be close to my heart, but see, rhythm quest closer to all my dreams. Uh, uh, Sorry, closer to all your dreams. Closer to all your dreams. It's all closer to mine's and Mal's dreams. We'll finish off with that, Mal. It's a tune, and uh, a tune that I love. I love when you play it. <laughs> I love hearing it. I just love it, Joe. <laughs> we all just love it. Right. Joe, listen, thanks very much for my pleasure. It's man. been absolutely brilliant. Just getting to shoot the breeze away and catch up on this, and hopefully, every, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people who are eager to hear your story. Yeah, because it's an, and I'm sure we could talk for hours. We, so, we, we could. There's so much. I'm quite upset. It was an afternoon because it was night time. We would be because had a wee glass of Chablis, and then we would have spoke for days. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm sure there could be a part two. <laughs> we will do that. But listen, it's been an honour. Thanks very much. It's for my pleasure, Mel. All the best to you. Cheers. And here's to another 40 years. Closer to all your dreams.
1994 Old School Show.